Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Illuminated Word. My name is Devin Morris. Today our passage comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 9 through 27. Let's read our section. And, and there's just no earthly way we're getting through all of this in, in a 10-minute podcast. So really encourage you to pick up a commentary and read through it <laughs> because just on a straight straight reading, um, modern Christians are not going to pick up everything that's here. I, I certainly don't without the help of a, a commentary. So let's read our section. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And then he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, on the west three gates. In the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies foursquare, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel, The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprass, the eleventh yacinth, the twelfth amethyst. In the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. In the city, the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring it into the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Again, so much to discuss here. We're already three minutes into the podcast, so we've got a lot of uh, ground to tread. Um, Read this in light of verses 1 through 8, which I I haven't been able to hear Chris's podcast for Tuesday, but they flow back to back here. Read it in light of verses 1 through 8. You're, you'll get a lot of play between the two, as in uh, verses 9 through 14, uh, kind of reflecting on verses 1 through 8. And then you're going to have to have Ezekiel 40, 
through 48 in mind. You're going to have to have Isaiah 60 in mind. You're going to have to have Ezekiel 28 in mind. (laughs) There's just so much what we would say is intertextuality. There's so much going back and forth between the book of Revelation itself, where things are brought up earlier and then expounded on, like there should be a comparison in your mind between the lamb and the harlot, which is mentioned several chapters earlier. So there's just so much going on here. Ezekiel 40 through 48, you're going to get the um, description of what the new temple is going to look like. And in Revelation, that that theme is, is picked up. So let's break this up into three sections, and we'll discuss them quickly. Verses 9 through 14, you're going to get a description of what God's temple looks like. You'll get measurements. You'll get the type of materials that are being used. And I like this uh, this description um, from one commentary I was reading. It says, this is the measurements of the city. It's God's permanent presence, secures and guarantees the perfected inviability of the redeemed community. And really, as a Christian reading this, knowing that this is going to be your eternal home, one of the things that this is really meant to, to convey to us is the security that we're going to have, as well as... in hit on a little bit more in the next section is the beauty of it what it's going to look like that's the point of kind of dwelling on uh, what things are made out of and how big the temple is going to be the walls of the temple specifically naturally this is this would be kind of common sense jewish literature though always would kind of brag about the height of your uh, your city gates of your city walls it it was meant to display to your enemies and to other people how well protected you were. And so that's that's the way that this can be read too. The height of these walls, which is just like ginormous, as well as what the gates uh, measure, as well as what they're made out of. It's interesting that the gates do. There's definitely some, there's two levels of interpretation. You have human interpretation, you have angelic interpretation, which brought up in verse 17. And all that that is, I mean, you could look at it like earthly meaning and heavenly meaning. There's kind of a physical element to it as well as a spiritual there's these physical measurements but some of them have a spiritual connotation or a meaning to them some of that's literally drawn out in the way like verse 14 where you say there's 12 foundations and each of the foundations have the 12 apostles written on it you have things like that in this section 2 verses 12 through 14 you're going to get the importance of what we'd say is the old covenant and the new the new covenant you have the 12 tribes inscribed on the on the gates and then there are 12 foundations which the city is built on which have inscribed on them the 12 names of the apostles so there is a combination of flowing together now in this new creation of the old covenant and the new covenant kind of being fulfilled in one hopefully this communicates to you that our or maybe just uh, reinforces to you that our old testament is not useless that god himself has not even thrown it away that those promises are not just done away with but god's still fulfilling promises that he made to abraham in the new creation which that's just i don't know for me that's mind-boggling you know god god does not relent on his promises when he says something he he comes through Verses 15 through 17, we could talk a little bit more about the significance of the measurements. 
and this is just a continuation of thought from the previous section, but it is where we get the the angel's measurement line, which is just worth us emphasizing again that it is um, something that is going to be built by God to secure his people. And the question that one of the commentaries I was reading brought up was, okay, if we know about the security of this type of future, security of this type of dwelling place with God, are we willing to sacrifice ourselves and witness to Christ in order that other people might come into this type of secure relationship with God? And man, if that doesn't hit you, if that doesn't kind of <laughs> force your hand on evangelism there, I, I don't know it will. Uh, lastly, that our last, our last section, really, verses 18 through 21, we're going to talk about the materials of the temple again. That is very important. It does bring up some good points, but we're running out of time, so we got to jump to verses 22 through 27. And that's kind of, uh, it's it's speaking about the development of Scripture, uh, in Scripture, the concept of the temple and its implications for us as believers. You know, the temple was always a means of mediation. It was meant to somehow get man closer to God, whether it be the tabernacle in the wilderness, whether it be the temple in the time of the kings, whether it be the believer's body under the new covenant with Christ as that chief chief cornerstone. Uh, in the new creation, there's no longer a need for a temple. There's no need for mediation. We will be in the presence of God. There's no, there, there doesn't need to be a barrier anymore. There doesn't have to be that mediator in that sense. We will be in his presence fully with God in the most unique way that we could ever imagine or hope for that's really ever been. It's why there is in this section of Revelation kind of a reminiscence of um, the garden because it's, I mean, we're going back to the way that Adam and Eve dwelled with God uh, in, an, in a very, un, even more of a unique way than they experienced it. Uh, we will be holy in this state. And maybe just as one last thought to leave you with, do, do you consider the fact that there is not a temple now? I mean, our bodies are the temple. And so when we talk about, you know, the temple being the, the mediator, we're, we now have a mediation with God that was never experienced before Christ. Uh, Christ dwells in us. He is in our midst in that he is in our person. We are the temple. Um, do we really understand that type of holiness? And the fact that Paul's going to talk about us being the building blocks of the temple. You know, each person is not at its own temple in itself, but we are the blocks of the temple. When we come together, we form the building. That's kind of the purpose of corporate worship and that Christ acts as our cornerstone. So it, we can easily stray away from this if we say that, oh, I am my own temple and God dwells in me. And it, we become very individualistic in that. Uh, the way that Paul talks about it is we're all a building block of that temple with Christ as the chief cornerstone. We don't really become the full picture of the temple unless Christ is there as the cornerstone and we are with the, the congregation of Christ's body to create the temple. There's something very deeply spiritual uh, in that imagery. I pray that you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbor in genuine and sincere ways this week. Peace and love.